Pauline, give me some of your tots. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Nice candy. Combo, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Cooking Show. I hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day. This week's recipe is going to be, or episode, I guess, is going to be a little bit short because it's super duper simple. I did that on purpose because not only was this Mother's Day weekend, but my youngest son had his 10th birthday this weekend. So I didn't want to spend all weekend in the kitchen doing something really elaborate. So Saturday, I threw together this recipe and initially I was doing it, I was kind of doing it just to be cute, you know, like we'll get to what it is here in a minute, you know, substituting one ingredient uh, in for kind of the, the eponymous ingredient in the recipe itself, but it turned out really, really good. Like I knew it was going to be pretty good, but it, it actually kind of exceeded expectations so what we made was maryland style crab cakes super simple recipe however instead of lump crab meat we used walleye fillets i am in southwestern pennsylvania close enough to erie and uh, several you know rivers and man-made lakes and reservoirs and stuff like that walleye is fairly plentiful fairly abundant most people i think if they don't have frozen walleye fillets in their freezer, they know somebody who does. Okay. So this is a nice, cheap, local kind of a, uh, I mean, how wild is it? I'm sure that they're stocked, but you know, a wild caught local ingredient subbing in for something that, you know, in its place of origin, you know, in the Chesapeake Bay region, this would have been crab, would have been the local wild ingredient. But why walleye specifically? Aside from the fact that I had a bunch of frozen walleye fillets from my father-in-law for when he went fishing in Erie, aside from that, walleye has a really nice flake size. And I think, I believe that there are, there are terms to describe like the anatomy of fish from a culinary perspective that I am not familiar with. When I say flake size, uh, fish are like these, they have a segmented musculature. If you think about like an earthworm, how an earthworm, the way that it's put together is like a bunch of like little Lego man heads stuck together end to end, like all those little segments. Fish are kind of like that, except their segments are flattened and elongated, you know, like along the full side of the fish and fish are bilateral creatures, meaning they have a left side and a right side. And each of those sides has like this segmented musculature running the length of the fish. What that allows them to do is have um, like effortless movement in the water, but also that explosive escapes, eh, explosive escape speed or attack speed, whatever they're exploding toward or away from when the fish coils itself up it can bend itself over at a very extreme angle and then release all the kinetic or release all that potential energy into kinetic energy um, just like a coiled spring so they'll bend almost completely in half and then unfurl and using that explosive force to press against the water and they can shoot off into the opposite direction and those those muscle segments those overlapping relatively when i say thin i mean a small portion of the total length of the fish per segment what we're working with is 
a fairly thick musculature and even a fairly wide muscle segment flake, if you will. But they overlap and they're separated by a little bit of fat. You know, whenever you look at um, uh, salmon, salmon has the flake of the salmon is uh, separated by what I would call intermuscular fat, not intramuscular fat. That would be like the marbling in a ribeye or something like that. Intermuscular fat would be fat that separates those muscle segments. Anyway, anyway, walleye, fairly large fillets, fairly large flakes, easy to work with, easy to get something at least similar to uh, the mouthfeel of a Maryland crab cake. So what we want to do is preheat an oven to 350 degrees. I used four of these fillets, roughly two pounds of walleye altogether. Um, I believe the recipe in the show notes with all the specific measurements will be for one pound of fish. Okay. 350 degree oven. I put the fillets on parchment paper on a cookie sheet and then salted them fairly heavily. Um, you want All we really want to do here is we want to cook these fillets so that when we make our cakes, we're using a cooked fish product so that we don't actually have to really do the cooking of the fish during that final frying. We just sort of have to get, get it browned, heated through, you know, cooked through, obviously, but we're not worried about like, hey, did the fish come up to the appropriate temperature, yada, yada, yada. So at this step, we can impart a little bit of flavor by salting the fillets. And even if you wanted to, I didn't do this, but I can see how it would be enticing to do so. But however much salt you use, like you give it a lib liberal sprinkling of salt, a quarter of that amount, if you came back over and sprinkled it very lightly with granulated sugar, that could potentially give you a very nice flavor uh, on the fish. Because lump crab meat, crab meat in general, does have a distinct sweetness to it. And it's not like a sugary sweetness, so you kind of just want a hint of sweet, like the essence of sweet, and that could work for you. I didn't do that. I just salted them into the oven, 20 minutes at 350. That was enough to cook them through. Remove from the oven and let them rest to cool down. We don't have to let it cool down all the way to room temperature, but we definitely want to cool it down to the point where it is merely warm to the touch because we are going to be handling the fish to break it up and we want to have all the ingredients when they come together to be fairly chilled okay now while the fish is in the oven you can prepare the rest of this stuff so that you don't have to like stack time on top of time on top of time or whatever if this were not a holiday weekend if it were not a birthday weekend chances are i would have made a number of these ingredients from scratch but I did not, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give them to you simple. Uh, mayonnaise, plain old real real mayonnaise. Come on, come on now, come on. All right, so mayonnaise, egg, Dijon mustard, Worcester sauce, hot sauce, obviously the fish, saltine crackers, and a neutral oil for frying. If you use canola oil or vegetable oil or something like that, more power to you. Whatever. Uh, I don't use those things and I don't use seed oils. Um, I didn't, I, I wanted to use something other than the avocado oil because I kind of wanted to find something new for this particular application. And I definitely didn't want to use olive oil because I didn't want to impart a flavor. Didn't want to use sesame oil for the same reason. So I found this stuff and it was like an organic clarified coconut oil. It was just at my, you know, hillbilly grocery store. So it, it can't be that 
exclusive, but it was kind of expensive for a small bottle. I think it was like 16, 17 bucks, something like that. Ingredients wise, it's just coconut oil. Okay. But it doesn't have any coconut flavor to it, but also, also completely liquid crystal clear at room temperature. So chances are this stuff was distilled and processed to like diesel fuel or something. Um, yes, the only ingredient in it is coconut oil, but that coconut oil has been like, I don't know, pumped into the sun or something. I don't know what they would do with it to make it crystal clear and perfectly liquid at room temperature. I don't know. But that's what I used because I was like, hey, it's clear. It doesn't have any flavor. Um, it's going to have a, I mean, I don't know what the smoke point would be on like a, a refined coconut oil like that, but I'm not going to be like cooking this at super high temperatures, you know, 300, 325, maybe around in there. So we'll give it a shot and it, it was fine, but that's what I used. And then uh, some citrus, so lemon wedges, lime wedges, something like that. Also, oh, you know what? I don't think I mentioned uh, Old Bay in my roster of ingredients there. Old Bay seasoning. Or, you know, if you're you're an OG, you might go with the J-O seasoning, something like that. Ugh. So let's get on to this. So you have your fish in the oven. Mix all of your wet ingredients together. Your mayonnaise, your, your egg, Dijon mustard, Worcestershire sauce, hot sauce. And for the sake of argument, we're going to call our Old Bay seasoning a wet ingredient because you can pour it out of a ramekin, yo. Pour those together into a bowl, whisk them up until they are nice and smooth, okay? In your, let's see, food processor. Food processor is ideal, that's what I used. If you don't have a food processor, you got a blender, yeah, you can pulse it in the blender. Don't have a blender, a big bowl and a little bowl together, nested like Matryoshka Russian dolls. We need to turn 25-ish saltine crackers into saltine cracker powder. No, again, if 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 this were another weekend, maybe I would have made homemade saltine crackers. I don't know. Um, but anyway, get those uh, crushed up, pulsed in the processor, the blender, whatever. And you want that to be as fine as possible. Fine like flour, almost. Good, good consistency there. Once you have that add them to a nice, nice size mixing bowl and go over to your fish using your hands. You can break the fillets apart so that you're not dealing with a full, like eight inch fillet or, you know, whatever, break it into manageable portions. And then with your thumbs, you kind of just push the flakes apart so that you get large flakes coming off, falling into the bowl of saltine cracker dust <laughs> and just work through all your flays that way it'll take five minutes less than five minutes get it all in there now you can use your hands to very gently mix up all the fish in the in the cracker crumbs but you can also if your bowl is big enough just toss it in the bowl and that'll work fantastic and then you don't have to have sticky fish crackers stuck all over your hands. It's a lot easier to wash your hands. You can even do it after flaking the fish into the bowl and before you toss them. But anyway, do that and then take your bowl of wet ingredients and kind of drizzle it over the top of all of your cracker crumbed fish. And then with a you know wooden spoon or spatula or something like that, fold that together. And you want to do this gently because you don't want to further break up the fish flake that much. 
Uh, you want it to all kind of fold together so that all the cracker gets hydrated with the wet ingredients. Everything is coated. Like you can't, you're not seeing pockets of stuff. I don't know, dry cracker crumbs. Uh, yeah, do that and then throw it in the fridge for half hour to an hour. This is going to do a couple things. One, it's going to chill that fish down because that fish at that point is room temperature at best, right? We've taken that, we've cooled it off. It might have been a little bit warm when you're breaking it up. By breaking it up, you're exposing more surface area to the ambient air temperature. That's going to wick away a lot of heat from the fish, but the fish is never going to go below room temperature. So it's always going to be like kind of lukewarm. Adding the wet ingredients to the fish, that's going to drop the temperature a little bit, but still not really going to make it cold, cold. So throw it in the fridge for an hour. That'll chill everything down. That'll help the wet ingredients kind of bind up together. Like as all that stuff gets cold and as the cracker crumbs absorb a lot of that moisture and it gets a little glueier, it binds up nicely, a little stickier. Fantastic. Okay. And that's what you're going to need because the, the hardest thing about this whole process is keeping your cakes together when you're frying them and flipping them and doing all that kind of nonsense. All right. Now that it's time to fry our walleye cakes, I like definitely like using a cast iron pan for this because it's so heavy. It takes a little bit more time to build up the heat in the bottom of the pan and thus into the oil. But when it does, it doesn't give up that heat as easily. It's not, that's the thing. Cast iron isn't a great conductor. People, people say, oh, it's a great conductor of heat. No, it's a relatively poor conductor of heat. It takes a lot of energy to heat it up. If it were a good conductor of heat, as soon as it touched a heat source, it would slurp up all that heat and it would be hot. That is not how cast iron works. Slow on the uptake, slow on the release. So we get a nice big, heavy cast iron pan and get a decent amount of oil that we're in the bottom of it. We're not deep frying. We're like shallow fat frying, but we're also not just sauteing these. Like you want to get huh, at least a quarter inch, quarter inch of oil on the bottom so that you'll have a nice little pool of hot oil going. And then you want to heat that up. I like when I'm heating oil like this, I tend to use medium high heat or between medium high and medium. The reason is I want it to be a slow and gradual heating up process. I don't want to be just blasting heat full blast because then you're going to hit the sweet spot of temperature, you know, in this case, like 300 degrees, you'll hit that, but you're going to blow through it immediately. Like it's going to be 300 degrees for like nine seconds. And then it's going to be 340 degrees and you're going to be well beyond your target temperature. So if you warm it up slowly, you have a better chance of catching it whenever it's in that sweet spot. For this, I do prefer to use one of those laser gun thermometers just because it's like I can shoot it right in the middle of the pan and I can see it heating up. And once you get to, I don't know, about 280, 285, get your fish cracker sauce mixture out of the fridge. And we need to ball these guys up and add them to the oil. The reason we get it out at 285 is because by the time we've made a couple of nice fish balls, the oil will have heated up to where we want it to be. We're trying to meet it at its destination, not rendezvous with it three exits before on the highway. So you, you ball these up. The key to this realistically is to make a fairly tight meatball. Okay. If you, if you try to just shape this into a loosely adhered, uh, coffee, co uh, hockey puck, 
coffee puck, yeah, hockey puck, chances are it's going to fall apart in the pan. So you ball it up nice and tight into a ball and then gently, gently set it down into the oil. And if you have like a fish turner, that's like one of those uh, spatulas with the two big holes in it. Uh, you can use that or a regular spatula. I mean, really, who cares? Why? I'm not going to be a spatula elitist. That's as bad as Ina Garten saying, like, get your good olive oil. Use the good olive oil, you loser. <laughs> God, I, I, I have no animosity towards that woman. I, I just, I just like hating on the on the specter of her. Uh, anyway, get your um your spatula, and you're not going to like smash this down like a like a smash burger or something. But apply a little bit of pressure to the top and, and apply it evenly. Kind of dance the, the spatula around a little bit so that you're exuding, exerting pressure fairly evenly around on the top of the, of the crab cake, the, the quote-unquote crab cake, and that will flatten it out a little bit. You don't have to flatten this into a puck, okay? By putting a little bit of pressure on the raw side initially, you'll flatten it a little bit. After four five minutes. I mean, remember, we're trying to keep this at a moderate frying temperature, but after four or five minutes, very, very gently, slide your spatula under uh, the bottom side that's submerged in oil and get it under there and then put one finger on the top to stabilize the whole thing. And then we want to very gently flip it and lay it into the into the grease on the raw side again. And then same thing. Let it let it sit there for you know 10 seconds, sizzling away. That'll that'll bind up the surface of the formerly exposed crab cake and give you a little bit of stability there. And then on that cooked top part that was used to be on the bottom, now it's on the top. Put a little bit of pressure with your spatula there. That will flatten it out sufficiently to almost puck-like shape, okay? And then you're going to let that cook for another five, six minutes on that side. If you want to flip it one more time, um, you can if you didn't get it brown enough uh, the first time you flipped it. You could flip it a couple more times until you get a nice golden brown crust on that guy. And uh, I, I mean, depending on the size of your cast iron pan, you might be able to do like three of these at a time. And if that's the case, on a cookie sheet, you put a, a wire rack, you know, like a cooling rack or something like that. And as these finish up, you know, the first round frying of the pan there, you can remove them to that rack and put them into like a 200, 225 degree oven to keep them nice and warm as you do the second batch. Like I did... Um, I was doing two pounds of walleye, so I think I made six or eight of these cakes and I could fit three, three was like pushing it two or three in the pan at a time while also having enough space to maneuver the spatula and flip them under my terms. You know what I mean? Not flipping them according to the space that was available, but flipping them exactly how I wanted to flip them so they wouldn't fall apart. All right. So that's, that's basically it. I mean, you're looking at, you're cooking these things for maybe 10 or 12 minutes total, ideally flipping them once, but maybe flipping them two or three times, depending on uh, how long it takes to get a nice browned surface on there. Now, kind of important, I think, is what you're going to serve these with. And this is also super simple, but I made, you know, a homemade tartar sauce and let's, uh, let's just review that recipe real quick. So tartar sauce, this actually kind of reminds me of making homemade slaw dressing 
Because it's like from the, as a neutral observer to all things mayonnaise-based condiments, <laughs> um, you see like slaw, slaw dressing. It's like, what What makes it slaw? Why Why is it not just mayonnaise? And it's because there's the addition of like uh, sweet and sour and it's thinned out a little bit. So with your, your tartar sauce, you're looking at mayonnaise, sweet pickle relish, sweet pickle relish. I uh, actually went back to some of our bread and butter pickles from july 29th of last year that was episode 10 bread and butter pickles i got to use some of those bad boys in this tartar sauce and they were delicious delicious so we have mayonnaise we have sweet pickle relish so i just use those pickles and chopped them up nice and fine uh yellow mustard some french's and a little bit of lemon juice and you mix that up and you see what the consistency is if you're a really juicy lemon you know, like, oh man, it's so watery. Just add more mayonnaise to it. It'll, it'll thicken it up, whatever. And it'll have a nice, like, yellowy green cast to it. It'll be studded with those uh, chunks of sweet pickles. Man, tartar sauce is legit. And then, you know, dust the top of that with a little bit of Old Bay and dip your quote unquote crab cakes in that. And boy, you will be happy. Or, you know what? Uh, you get like those really cheap hamburger buns that are like made out of unflavored cake and you get some iceberg lettuce and a slice of tomato and you make yourself a crab cake sandwich. Holy cowbells. That is good stuff too. And it's made with walleye. So it, I mean, crab, I don't know. Is crab like still super duper expensive because they canceled the crab season because all the crabs disappeared. So all the crab that you could buy was either from Korea or it had been in a freezer somewhere since three years ago. And now it's like $90 a pound. I don't know. It was, it spiked. It was real expensive there for a while, but a lot of, a lot of, uh, fish counters at the grocery store, at least around here seem to carry walleye or, you know, steelhead or something like that. Uh, but give it a try. Uh, the, the texture was really nice. The flavor was good. See, I think walleye is a really neutral flavor. Like you don't want something that's super duper fishy because that would break the illusion. Um, but walleye works really nice. And uh, tell you what, it was uh, it was punching way above its weight class. It was really good. Really delicious. Super simple. Didn't take a long time. And had plenty of time to wrap presents and, and help get the house ready for a 10-year-old's birthday party. All right, so that's it this week. Uh, fake crab cake. All right, talk to you guys next week.